Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and welcome to the program, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are live here on Facebook. We are going on to social media. We are live on Voice Ed Radio Canada and certainly on Disrupt Ed TV um, on all those uh, channels there. So thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to be back with you. It is show number 105 and excited uh, to get started. This is going to be the longest distance guest we've had on the program. We're going to meet, and Dan, I'm going to get this pronunciation right, Karstens, uh, Dan Carstens from Alaska. Uh, Dan and I were able to connect uh, in Boston at the National Principals Conference, and he's doing great things leading the Alaskan uh, Principals Association. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to hear about their conference way up north, as they say. So. Before we get started, I do want to thank today's sponsor of the program, the Coaching and Leadership Journal. Uh, this is from my friend Dan Spanauer out of North Carolina. Uh, this is the November issue, and I just got it in the mail, and uh, it's fantastic. There are 19 separate little articles and little blurbs on leadership, uh, coaching, education uh, in here. And again, unlike a lot of the things we're getting today, it's a it's a heavy duty paper journal. It's not just an email, although you do get an email copy as well. Um, so in, in just looking through it for the program here, here's an article, uh, some famous words from Yoda, right? Try, do or do not. There is no try. And, you know, talking about education and leadership, uh, I'm going to read that after the program here. And there's also something on listening, right? Here it is here. A fundamental skill for all leaders. That's something that I need to work on. Whenever I see something on listening, uh, I, I, I try to eat it up because that is something uh, that I want to improve upon. So, again, this is the Coaching and Leadership Journal. It's a great resource. Dan is a great storyteller and a great educator. Uh, he does have a, a discount code for uh, ELB listeners, and that is Marada20. Uh, you can punch that in at checkout, and you'll get 20% off. Uh, it comes once a month. And uh, thanks to Dan for sponsoring the program. Again, that code is Marada20. And you can find that, um, again, the Coaching and Leadership Journal. It's at the leadershippublishingteam.com. Uh, you can find that. So thank you to them for sponsoring the program. So I wanted to open the show with being connected. Obviously, if you are listening to this podcast on iTunes or you're watching live on Facebook, uh, you're a connected educator. You're trying to learn something. You're trying to uh, get something new. And, uh, I, I, you know, in researching and preparing for the program and, and learning more about Dan, he's really done a good job of connecting himself to other parts of the United States being up there in Alaska. And I'm so curious to ask about about so many things about Alaska. But uh, again, meeting Dan in, in Boston, just the fact that he came all the way there, I was impressed. Um, but looking at, at the things that he's doing as an educator to be connected using social media, 
uh, hosting, uh, you know, national speakers in Alaska at the conference, things like that. Uh, I'm impressed. And I think it's important as educators that we are connected. I am only on social media a couple of years here. And I, and I told that story about how I got going with the book and all that. I've told that many a times. But the more uh, I'm on it and the more I'm connecting with people like Dan, um, I think it's very important. So I'm going to ask Dan about that. So, again, if you are listening or watching, my guess is you're probably a connected educator. Uh, do you have a Twitter account? Uh, are you researching and tweeting things out uh, that are meaningful to others? And are you learning from others? So those are very important things to do as a leader. And I am going to ask Dan about that now. We're going to bring him into the program here, everyone. Bam, there he is, Dan. Uh, welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond. All right. Thank you, Andrew. I love, uh, love being here. I'm, uh, I'm excited, and uh, hopefully I can share some great stories with you. Beautiful. And it's Dan Karstens uh, from Alaska. Uh, and as I mentioned, Dan, we, we connected uh, in Boston and uh, here you are on the program all the way from Alaska. It looks like you got beautiful weather out there today. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sunny. I can see uh, I can see Mount Reed out right across the inlet. It's our uh, local volcano that spews ash every now and then. So, yeah, nice day. Does school, does school run when it spews ash? Is that like nothing uh, happening and uh, school continues or is that something you got to close for? Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're a little tougher than the Postal Service. Um, we, uh, we go through rain and sleet and hail and volcanic ash. <laughs> well, Dan, it is really an honor to have you on. And, and as I mentioned, uh, you've done a great job being a connected educator, being a connected leader. Um, tell us a little bit about your education journey. Um, I know you are principal at, and I don't want to mispronounce this. Nick, Nick how do you pronounce that? Come on, you got to try it first. You got to try it. Give it a shot. Nikiski? Nikiski. You're close. Nikiski. Yeah, Nikiski. Okay. Nikiski Middle High School, and you've been there for a number of years. Tell me, let's start with that uh, journey there uh, and your current position. So I, uh, I came down to Nikiski 15 years ago now. Um, I was, was in Fairbanks before that, which is way in the way in the interior of Alaska. If, uh, if you if you look at Alaska like this, that's kind of the shape of Alaska right there. Um, I grew up on an island like right here that that uh, I don't have a part of my hand that actually shows that. Um, <laughs> But uh, my first teaching job was out here in the eastern Aleutian Islands, which uh, has some uh, pretty nasty winds out there. And then uh, I lived in the interior, like interior, like middle of Alaska right here for, uh, for about nine of my first 10 years back after college. And uh, now that I live on this Kenai Peninsula here um, in, in Nikiski. And, we uh, we always knew we wanted to head back uh, down down south from from Fairbanks because uh, it's cold. It's really cold up there. People take pictures by uh, the thermometer signs up there when it says minus fifty with their shirts off just uh, just to get a reaction, and they get quite a reaction. So um, so we wanted to move away from the really cold just to the moderately cold. So so yeah. So now I'm down here. Uh, Nikiski Middle High School is a six through twelve school on the beautiful Kenai Peninsula. Um, about 20 miles to my south is the world famous Kenai River, um, where uh, some of the biggest king salmon in the world are, are caught. The world record was caught in the mid eighties down there. It was like a 97 pound salmon. So yeah, that one's fun. So 
I've never caught one that big. My biggest was right around 40. So uh, I, I fall uh, I fall a little shy of the world record. Um, but and, and, and hunting and fishing is a big part of your world, isn't it? Hunting and fishing is a huge part of my world right now. I love to, uh, love to go out and hunt birds. Um, I have a little yellow lab that uh, that I've trained all by myself. I followed uh, the the words of uh, the water dog book and uh, got him when he was seven seven weeks old, and uh, he's been by my side ever since. Wow, Dan. There is so much I want to talk about, so much I want to learn about your culture and the, and the things you're doing. Um, but you just came off a conference there, the Alaskan Principals Association Conference. Uh, tell us about that. What was that conference like for you? And I know you you kind of passed the baton of president over. So what was that like for you? Yeah, so the setup is, uh, so everybody who's running this conference is basically a, pra- a practicing uh, principal in our state. Um, there's there's nobody that, you know, has time off that could just focus in on, on building this conference from uh, from the ground up. So we uh, we go out and um, we we really search out some of the best high level um, speakers that we can find. This year we had uh, Thomas Murray, uh, we had Beth Huff, and um, we had Lisa Pianowski. Um, so three people that I had made relationships with about three or four years ago, and um, and just being able to reconnect with them and ask them to come up here and letting them know what our measly little budget is and having them say, yeah, you know what, we've heard so many great things about um, the conference in Alaska. And we, we want to come up and, and do this um, because we've had people like Jimmy Casas and Joe Sanfilippo and Pedro Noguera, uh, Weston Kieschnick, um, a lot of these guys that, uh, that I have a ton of respect for. And, we just say, hey, go talk to these guys and, and ask them if, if this is worth your time and energy to come on up. And every single time they ask, um, they, they say, oh, my gosh, if you don't do it, you're going to be missing out. And uh, one really unique part of our conference is we have an auction on the first night of the conference. It's a principal's mingle and we have all sorts of silent auction um, items and everything there. But we end up auctioning off our keynote speakers. Um, and so, and, and all it is, is basically raising money for aspiring principals. And, and we uh, were able to award scholarships based on how much money we raised. We were able to raise enough for five scholarships on Saturday night, five $1,500 scholarships. And thanks in big part to um, Beth Huff and Lisa Pianowski, who went for over $1,000 each. And then Thomas Murray has the all-time record now. He was able to raise $2,500 last night just selling himself. And I know it's really awkward to come all the way to Alaska and uh, to have people bid on you. It's (laughs) a weird feeling, you know, but, but it works. It works out. And and are they going to those people's school? Is that what happens? Or are they going out to dinner? Where are they going with them? They end up having breakfast with them. And then uh, what a lot of times what what it's been turning into is most of the most of the people we bring up are authors as well. And mm-hmm. so Tom Murray, with his new book, he's doing brand new, yeah. brand new book actually came out like four hours before he presented at our conference. Wow. So that will wow. be the first ones to have him present at. And uh, but what he'll do is he'll end up um, 
doing a virtual feed in, in like four or five different times, going over different chapters of his book, really explaining the philosophy behind it and everything. And uh, so a lot of school districts or some of the local principals associations pool their money together and are able to purchase those services during that auction. And all that money goes to, to a great cause. So they donate books and then they give their time to, uh, to be able to, to build up that professionalism of, uh, of everybody around. That's a great idea. Uh, again, once again, you know, connecting people. How about you, uh, Dan, as a leader, what were some of the things that, that you walked away with that you didn't have before the conference? What were some things, some takeaways for you? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things, you know, you look at, I'm always looking for the, um, my staff wanted, when I did a survey of my staff last year, they were looking for more, um, effective instructional strategies. And so if you look at someone like Lisa Pianowski, she has just some phenomenal ideas. And I picked up at least one from her. I'm going to buy her book now and um, I'm going to see what else she has there. And so there's one specific thing I know that I can, I can bring back and, and model that instructional strategy to my staff. Um, and another thing for me is I'm able to connect with a lot of our um, more rural principals we have a lot of, uh, most of the schools in our state, you can't drive to. It's all fly in, um, you know, it, it's a very unique state. And so one of the, uh, one of the issues that our, uh, our, our rural area has is bandwidth. Um, at, the, the, at the most for some of these places, you, you have a download capacity of 10 megabytes and that's it. Um, you know, I, I'm sure in New York, you may have a few more megabytes per second than, than maybe just a little. Yeah. Um, and so and so one of the issues is teacher retention and teacher turnover and principal retention and turnover. I mean, we're at uh, we're at a 26 percent for our principal turnover each year. Wow. Yeah. And so that's wow. that, that's a really difficult thing. And so I always equated the bandwidth issue just for school purposes. And I never really. I never really thought about it in any other any other purpose, but what it what it is is when I was talking to one gentleman from the Lake and Peninsula um, School District. It's that's on the Alaska Peninsula, just shy of uh, of the Aleutian Islands. But and there's a lot of uh, little tiny communities in there of 100 people or less. Um, but the people that move in, they don't have that internet to FaceTime their family or to shop on Amazon or to download a movie through Netflix. Um, and so all of those creature comforts that we take take for granted as we live, you know, we call it the road system, or living in the lower 48 where a lot of these people come from because we're not producing enough teachers up here or principals up here, which is why we do our scholarship every, every year. But, uh, but that's one of those big issues. It's not just in the school, it's quality of life out there as well. And so, you know, it's always wonderful to be able to um, go out and be outside all the time. But there's also a limit because you, in, the, in the way we live now in our society, we, we have a desire to be connected. And without, those, uh, without that broadband, it's very difficult to be connected in those rural, rural areas. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So you were able to connect with some of these people that uh, you hadn't met before. Uh, that's terrific. Um, Dan, what about the opening concept? Uh, again, we connected uh, in Boston, uh, and then here you had this great network of educators that you're connected to, not only on social media, but literally bringing people up to your area. 
Was that a, a goal that you've always had as a, as a school leader, or is that something that's kind of you built over the year? Where where did that desire to be a connected educator come from for you? So probably about five or six years ago, the first time I met Jimmy Casas, and I, I, most people know who Jimmy is by now. I mean, if, if you're – if you're a connected educator or if you're in education at all, you're gonna you're gonna know who Jimmy is. And uh, my first uh, experience with him was at uh, in Orlando at uh, I believe it was a national conference there and he was he was running an ed camp there. And I, I first off, my attitude was horrible <clears throat> because I came in there like an ed camp. All right, woohoo. You know, and so I, I, I walk in there and I see this guy with his shades on playing this music, acting like a DJ. And I'm sitting there going, oh, great, boy, one of these kind of things. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm just going to sit in the back and and uh, just kind of hide. And then it proceeded to change my life, my philosophy as an educator and how I wanted to shape my school. Um, he talked about, you know, some of the things that people talked about in there, just in that ed camp, was how they connected with others and what they used Twitter for and what they used Facebook for. And... Uh, and, and it really changed me. And so as I continued through that, um, through that conference, I, I, I kind of did the creepy stock of Jimmy. I went to every one of the professions and everything. And instead of sitting in the back waiting to leave and everything, I, uh, I sat up front and I wanted to talk to him. And, and I was like, hey, Jimmy, can I, can I get a picture with you? I think I want to post something. And so I'm sitting there with my, with my phone and I'm like fumbling with it and, and everything. And he goes, hold it like this. And, uh, and then you can use your thumb to, to take that picture. And I was, like, I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And I have, I have probably the stupidest look on my face ever. I still have this picture on my phone. I, I keep it and I share that with others because that, that was my first step into, into that Twitter journey, you know, and it, and it was, I don't even think it was a step. It was like, you know, you have that line and you kind of stumble over it. You fall, you know, you call fall flat on your face and, and uh, then you, then you pick yourself up, dust yourself off and, uh, and keep going. But, uh, but yeah, that was, and then right after that, that, that's when I realized the power that I could have with being connected um, on, especially on Twitter. I've, I've gotten so many articles for my staff um, from not just Jimmy, but Joe Sanfilippo. I mean, I, I could, I can go on and on and on with these educators that you get their blog posts on. And it's just such phenomenal insight that, uh, that you can, that you can have from them. Yeah. And it's, would you say it's even more important to be connected because of where you are located in the country? I mean, being way up there like that, is that something that you feel is, is connecting you more to the mainland with these educators? Yeah. Some, you know, honestly, sometimes I feel like I have a stronger connection with some of the people that are outside of Alaska than I do um, with people that are inside of Alaska, which, which is weird for me because I have a lot of great connections in, in my own state as well. But, uh, but one of the, one of my goals, especially in those last four years as serving as president elect and president was to bring these people up to show them the power uh, of a PLN, you know, to, to show them exactly what, what, what you can be a part of as well. And, uh, that, that was, that was one of my big desires is, was to, was to share that. Very cool. And we have some people in your PLN watching now. Beth Huff uh, says hello. And if you are watching and you want to have a, 
a question or a comment for Dan, you know, please put that on there and, and, and we'll get that. Um, Dan, in addition to you doing great things for your 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 state and your organization, uh, you guys have the, the the reigning assistant principal of the year, Megan Redmond, uh, coming from Alaska as well. What has that meant for your organization and, and again, the, the state of Alaska to have such a, a national recognition, along with Beth, uh, who was the digital principal of the year? Uh, Megan was the uh, digital assistant principal of the year. What has that meant for you and your organization? Yeah, and actually we've had, um, so Megan. Megan's not the first one to be recognized by NASSP. About two years ago, we had another principal, Jethro Jones, who was who was recognized as a national digital principal of the year. Wow. Uh, and so I think, I think what it does is, I, I think it brings attention to some of the some of the things, some of the challenges that we that we encounter here in Alaska. Um, you know, I talked about the very small communities and, um, and you know the broadband issues and all that stuff. But I think it shows people that we have some excellent educators here. We have some excellent leaders that that are doing everything they can for kids every day, and we're showing that no matter what you're given with, what, no matter what you're given, you know, we may not be in the inner city of, of Chicago or New York or something like that, but we're like in the outskirts of the world. Um, we're on, you know, you may not be able to see the end of the world, but, or it may not be there, but you can definitely see it from there. And, and it's bringing some really great positive attention to the things that we are doing with our kids, no matter what those challenges are, no matter if we're um, challenged by being connected digitally or virtually or anything, but uh, but we are taking what we have and we are doing everything we can um, for those kids. And that's that's the goal. Well, good for you for, for leading that uh, and, and getting, you know, your state association on the map and, and getting that story out there. Um, again, just you going to Boston I was impressed, right, that, that you would go that far to be able to learn and grow. Um, and I was just I was really blown away uh, by that. So kudos to you and your group. I went to Boston twice last year, for the record. I went in November and then I went again in last summer. The thing I did in November is I went to an ed tech conference, but I didn't go to the first day of that ed tech conference because I connected with Brian McCann. And I did a I did a school visit with him just to see what he's doing in his school, to see what the differences are there. And so I kind of personalized my own professional development with uh, with a principal that I had made a great connection with previously. That's fantastic. So you got a chance to see his school and what, what he's doing there. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And Brian is one of my favorite people ever, I tell you. And, you know, we may not come from the same background. I have a fairly um, lengthy athletic background and Brian's more of the actor type guy. And you would think we would just kind of clash like that. But it it's amazing. It's amazing. And I'll, I'll tell you a story at some point. I won't tell it tonight, but his, I'll tell you what his nickname is at some point. Okay. Well, he's uh, scheduled to come on the program, and again, uh, you couldn't help you couldn't help but meet him uh, at the conference with his dazzling jacket and such. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Boston's a great town. Um, you know, Dan, I grew up in in New York City, right? And now I live about an hour and a half northwest in the country uh, from New York City, where there's it's cold and there's a lot of snow. Yeah. 
have. You know, they can't they cancel school, all that kind of stuff. Like, what is it like there? Is it, do they never cancel school? Like, I, you know, I'm so curious of what the day to day is like when it's you know below zero and you have all that snow. Is it does school continue? Tell tell me what it's like there in the winter. Snow is our normal. I mean, basically, when we get snow, either and it looks like we're not going to get snow in October, which I'm I'm fairly excited about it because once we get snow, it stays until you know probably April, sometimes into May. Up in the interior, you don't even get the lakes melt until um, or thaw out, break up, we like to call it, um, until later in May, and so you can't even get out on the lakes forever. Um, but Snow days. What do, what do snow days mean? Um, I, I can't remember the last time we had a snow day. We've had inclement weather days, but that's when the weather warms back up and it starts to rain or something. And so when we get snow, that's just like, that's normal. Everybody knows how to drive on snow. Everybody, you know, it's the ice, all that stuff. But uh, we get we get school canceled or postponed when the weather warms up and then we just have sheets of ice on the road. That's that's when it that's when it gets canceled here. That's the danger. Now, is it when you're plowing your your school, is it down to the blacktop or is there always just a level of snow that you're driving on? You know, the at the beginning of the year, you try to get it down to the blacktop. But then as it snows during the school day and you get all the cars driving on top of it, then you start getting the, the, the getting the layer it gets thicker and thicker and thicker. And so when you have that wonderful time of year called breakup in the spring, um, that's when that ice starts to melt, melt, melt. And then you get the ruts. And sometimes the ruts are this deep and, and people with two wheel drive cars get high centered and trying to get into the school. And then you have these big puddles everywhere and you got to wear your extra toughs. And so, so, yeah, yeah, it's interesting in the springtime as uh, we like to call it, the most ugliest time of the year. <laughs> wow. Dan, how about, you know, there's so much uh, attention on student wellness. Um, you know, is it as bad, you know, we hear about the light and the, just, you know, the dark, the weather. Does that have uh, an effect on people? I mean, you seem to be a very positive guy. You're, you're in shape. you you have a big family. Is, is this something that you feel affects people's norm there? Yeah. Um, my, my family's, you know, we're, you know, we, we, we've, I've been married to my wife for 25 years. You know, we've, we've stuck together through thick and thin. There's, there's uh, you know, there's always challenges, but here in, in Alaska, there are some unique challenges. Um, Sometimes if you go above the Arctic circle and there are, a lot of communities that are above the Arctic Circle, and then you're 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 at nighttime, 24 hours a day. You know, in Barrow, the sun will set sometime in the middle to late October, and it won't come up again till about uh, mid to late February. And so you you don't see the sun, and it's very difficult on a lot of people. We have the highest suicide rate in the nation. Not the most number because we're the most sparsely populated state. Yeah. If you look at suicide rates, we are the highest in the nation. And even here at my school last year, we had two student suicides here. Mm. Um, and then we had another one down the road in, in another school um, about 30 miles down the road from us. Um, every year, um, you can probably talk to anyone that lives either on the road system 
but especially out in rural Alaska, about how their communities and how their families have been devastated because of, of uh, that suicide epidemic. And a lot of it is, it's, it's, uh, it's a hopelessness sometimes of uh, the darkness. Um, and sometimes they don't see a way to, to get out. And is there a light at the end of the tunnel for some of these kids? And, and that's, that's a difficult thing to, to feel that hopelessness. And, you know, sometimes you have the, the, the opioid epidemic, you know, that's, that's very real out here. Um, drugs and alcohol, alcohol in, in some of these villages is, is a big killer. Um, and it's, and it's very difficult to, to see that and to hear about it, but that, that is our reality. And that's why, you know, we need to continue to focus on our social emotional learning and continue to learn how to love these kids more and more and in different ways and to truly understand what they're, what they're going through. That's powerful. And yeah, there's these problems in every community, but when you compound it with the, that cold and dark, uh, it's got to be extremely difficult. Yeah. Sometimes uh, in, in some of those places, they, they call it living upside down and sometimes they don't even know what time it is and they'll be you know up at all hours of the day or night because it all looks the same anyway. Wow. Dan, what have, what have all those TV shows that have popped up about Alaska have done? Has it has it helped the state? Has it brought more attention to the state? Has it hurt the state? I mean, I know there's some redneck shows that they got going on too. Uh, what have those TV shows done for the state? I, I don't know. You know, it some sometimes it's good. Sometimes it brings some attention that we really don't want to have here because people get this get this idea that these people oh this is how they are. But you know, a lot of it is. Some of these people live, you know, 10 miles from a McDonald's, you know, where they're thinking, oh, the Alaska Bush people. Uh. But, you know, I, I would say probably the most real show on TV is Deadliest Catch. That that one there, that one's real. I've, I've known some of the people on there and I've, and, uh, I've seen some of, of what happens to those families as they lose those fishermen as well. Mm. You know, it's, that, that's another reality of our state. Um, is is the the danger of some of the jobs that we have here? You are, and you're right on the water, as you mentioned, the, the peninsula that you, you're living on, and where your school is. So that must be a big business, uh, you know, for your kids uh, after they're graduating. Do many of them go into the business right there, or, or are many of them, you know, going to university? What what is what is your your graduating class going? So yeah, if you look at our graduating class, there's there's a lot of them that go into the oil and gas industry. We have a very vibrant oil and gas. However, it's starting to kind of dwindle right now. And so there's there's not there's probably half as many jobs in oil and gas right now as there were even when I first started here. Um, there's commercial fishing with set net sites on the beaches or on the uh, on drift boats where they have a net that goes out the backside of the boat. Um, and so there's a lot of, a lot of people that get into that. Um, but a lot of kids, they do, they, they look at how they can get their foot in the door, uh, of the oil and gas industry, because there's a lot of parents that are working in that. Mm. So they, they have an understanding of, of what it does take to be able to, to be able to do that. But they also know that they need to get, um, some sort of a certification program, whether it's a process tech or a mechanic type degree or certificate or something like that. They understand that they need to do that. And we have a community college down the road that 
that does a very nice job of catering to our oil and gas community. Very cool. And and is there a lot of business uh, like that? Like how far are you from Anchorage is the closest, biggest city, correct? Yeah. So if I could actually walk and take a boat, it'd be about 60 miles. Um, however, I can't walk and take a boat. Um, and so we have to use the highway. And for me, it's about 170 miles um, from where I live on that drive. And so you're driving through some of the most beautiful scenery, driving through the Kenai Peninsula and down down the mountains in through Turnigan Arm, where Turnigan Arm has uh, the, the second highest tide change in the world, only second to the Bay of Fundy up in uh, Newfoundland and Nova Scotia. And uh, but it's it's huge change, and I'm always fascinated as I drive by um, that turning an arm because just the tide rips that kind of come through there. You'll have bore tides. Bore tides are when you have such a big change in the tide, and you you look at 25, 30 foot changes in tide, which is pretty substantial. So as it's coming in, it's almost like a tsunami coming in. It's a lot of times it's you know eight feet, six to eight feet of this wave just flowing in and, and flooding the, the basin where where the tide comes in on. And uh, so, and the tidal flats and everything. It's not not dangerous unless you're out in it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty amazing to see. I would, I would encourage anybody out there just, uh, you know, you can Google uh, or YouTube the boar tides and turning an arm. It's a it's an amazing sight, amazing sight to see, and a lot of people will surf that coming in. Wow! Yeah, wow. you can ride that that wave for a long time, I mean, for miles. It sounds beautiful and fascinating, and I know you're an outdoorsman. Is that something that you do, Dan? Uh, the hunting and, and being outside to de-stress yourself, to sharpen your saw, to kind of get away from school a little bit. Is that something that recharges you? Yeah, we, we all need something to recharge our batteries. You know, it's it's good to recharge with our colleagues at, at conferences and everything, but we can't do that on a daily basis. That's that's almost impossible to do. And so the more opportunities I have to, to ride my four-wheeler down a trail or to hike into the woods to a lake to, to go look for birds or something, you know, that's that's one of my favorite things to do or to hike up a mountain to go to go fish grailing up on a on some alpine lake um those are those are pretty amazing things to do and uh you know one of my couple of my sons love fishing and if i can continue to go fishing and hunting with them then it's then it's a pretty pretty amazing thing and and i find that as i get home i i get tired physically and then i can rest and and i'm good to go and you got your children uh, doing great things, uh, Seth, Ben, Nathan, Bethany, uh, and Lillian, who is uh, at school with you. Uh, but your daughter, Bethany, uh, just earned a Division I uh, college basketball scholarship, uh, Chicago State University. Uh, what has that meant for you and your, and your family? Well, that, that's been awesome for my family and I. It's, it's something that Bethany has worked for for a number of years. She's and it's not just for our family. I think what I, the the hope is is that others can see that a kid from a little school that has 185 kids in their high school can do the work and do what it takes to be able to earn a scholarship at the highest level. 
And but she was in here in the morning every single morning that she was here, minus game days, um, at six a.m. practicing her shot. And I was in here. I, I I was blessed enough to come in and, and rebound for her. I was her rebounder for for six years. Oh, and wow. the other part of the story is uh, her freshman year, she tore her first ACL. Mm. She had to rehab all the way through that. She missed her entire basketball season. And then uh, her sophomore year. Um, she played almost the entire basketball season. And then in the, in the, uh, conference semifinals in their, in the basketball tournament, she, uh, she tore her other ACL wow. and she had to rehab that one. And then finally, um, her junior and senior year, she had clean years where it was just her playing and she scored, you know, she, I think she ended up with over 1800 points. Um, for her for her high school career in just the three years. Wow. So, um, and, and just she was the two-time state player of the year, you know, all that stuff. And, and it was it was just for me, she is such an inspiration to uh, to to see how she's overcome some of the adversity in her life as well. Absolutely. And, and I hope you enjoy that trip to Reno uh, to get a chance to see her play over Thanksgiving. Uh, and that your family can enjoy that. Uh, kudos to you for being there for her, and kudos to her for putting the work in. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Very cool. Well, I know it's early there. The sun's still out, but it's getting late here on the East Coast. Uh, let's get rolling to rapid fire, Dan. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Last book you read. So I'm reading two right now. I'm currently reading Bold School by Weston Kishinik, and then uh, my Put Me to Sleep book is a Jack Reacher novel. Did you say bold school? Yes, bold school. Nice. Did you have a chance to get uh, Thomas uh, Murray's book there, the new one? Did he have I, it? I've not gotten that one yet, but I'm planning on getting that here in the next uh, week or two. Yeah. Last movie you saw? You know what? I can't even remember the last movie I saw because I, I just can't even spend the time to watch. We, we rent movies through Netflix, and then uh, because we can't download them because they're internet. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> It was Shazam, I think. Shazam. Okay. Favorite place to travel outside of Alaska? <sighs> outside of Alaska? All right. Well, it's going to have to be Hawaii. I mean, that's that's pretty tough to beat. Yeah. You're going, yeah, you're going down. How far of a trip is that? Is that it's, it's actually not as bad as going to the East Coast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's the greatest challenge in your work, Dan? Greatest challenge in my work is uh, oh, is to just continue to understand these kids every single day because there's a different story and you never know what baggage they bring in with them when they come through our doors. That's true, and we need to be mindful of that. Something that motivates Dan Carstens. Something that motivates me. I mean, obviously, my family. You know, my wife and kids are are my world. Um, I, I couldn't do anything without them. And the only reason we're successful in having five kids is because I have the most awesome wife that you could ever, ever think of. Beautiful. Uh, sports teams in Alaska, who do, who do people root for out there? Uh, well, a lot of people root for the Sea Buzzards. I mean, Seahawks. And, uh, but my favorite team is, are the Eagles because when I was about eight years old, my dad told me, you have to choose a favorite team. And I said, well, my favorite animal is an eagle 
And he's like, all right, you like the Philadelphia Eagles. And ever since I was eight years old, I've liked the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> and you got your uh, Super Bowl there a couple of years ago, didn't That's you? Right. And we're not going to win one this year. <laughs> that is an accurate statement. A pet peeve of yours, something that gets under your skin. Uh, the uh, passive aggressiveness of, of some people, you know, it's they do something and they know it's wrong, but they do it anyway. And they do it just to uh, just to get under your skin. That's that's one of my pet peeves. I think I hide it fairly well. Um, most days. Most yeah. days. That's experience and patience mixed together, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, best purchase under 100 bucks that has had a great impact on your life? Uh, my duck call. So I can call ducks in so I can keep working with my dog. <laughs> and does it work? You, they're, they're calling them in? We're getting there. We're getting there. I know it's going to work. It's one of these days. <laughs> If you had a billboard way out there in Alaska with a message on it, what would it be? Be you. Don't try to be anyone else. Um, I think that's important. We, we hear all these ideas from people and we try to just copy it. Um, it's okay to model things after what people do, but you have to make it your own because everybody here is unique and everybody's got their talents and their strengths. Well said, Dan. Uh, something that's been a hurdle for you, uh, professionally or personally? Um, I think sometimes uh, a big hurdle is um, about four years ago, I was thinking, man, I, I, I feel like I need something different. Um, and then you, then you try something different or, or something like that. But every now and then you get that feeling of, uh, I want to do something different. But really what we're doing is the most important work here. And that's, that's, that's what keeps us grounded um, is, is doing the important work. So that's sometimes that is a hurdle for for us because it it's hard. It's just hard stuff. Yeah, I understand. Short term uh, goal, three to five months professionally or personally. Three to five months. In three to five months. I am hoping to get to more than two of my daughter's games mm. because it's really hard and it's expensive, but it's so worth it. Yeah. It'll go quick those four years. Yeah, yeah. Get, get there. Yeah, hopefully, and hopefully she'll talk the coaching staff in the, coming up to Alaska, kind of uh, like uh, some of those big time teams do. They go to the, the players' hometown, so hopefully she'll be coming to your backyard soon. That's the plan. Hopefully, we can get them up here. Yeah. How about three to five years, Dan? Something a little longer range. Three to five years. You know, I think uh, you know, I. It's hard to tell, but thought about maybe getting getting being a superintendent in a smaller district somewhere um maybe something something along those lines but uh again you just you just never know because i'm so thankful for this year and you know hopefully you get a contract for next year and uh but you all you're, you're laying plans you're laying plans and sometimes those plans work out and sometimes if you tout those plans like i'm going to do this Sometimes they just don't don't happen, and so I, you're, I'm kind of biding my time with with a few of those plans and yeah. trying to keep them keep them close. Dan, you're way out there in Alaska, but you and I connected. How, how can people get in touch with you? How can they learn more about uh, the Alaskan uh, Principal Association? So our our association has a has a website, alaskaprinciples.org. Um, you can connect with me. I'm on Twitter at Karstens Dan. 
Um, I'm on Facebook. You can friend me. I, I pretty much friend everybody who asks. <laughs> I'm not picky. Um, I, I try to post those those things that, that are meaningful to me, both uh, professionally and and uh, how I decompress and everything. And uh, those are those are those best ways. Very cool. Well, you did a good job tonight. Um, is there a favorite quote that you have, Dan, that you want to end with us? In the famous words of my college wrestling coach, do good. Short and sweet. This is Dan Carson's, everyone. Dan, I really appreciate you making the time. You went back to your office tonight. The backdrop is beautiful looking, I got to tell you. I know. It's still light outside, too. <laughs> what time is it there? Is it 640 or 540? 540. Wow. Yeah, wow. It's about ready to go to bed. We're shutting, it, we're shutting it down. Yeah. Yeah. The night is young for me. <laughs> well, this was Dan Carstens, everyone. Dan, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, keep doing the great work you're doing up there. And, and uh, congrats on the great conference, uh, as well as uh, passing on the, uh, the president's baton there. Thank you. I appreciate being on here. It's a, it's a great, great opportunity for us. And uh, I hope we have some people listening to, to some experiences up here, up in Alaska. Very cool. Let's get this uh, music. Hopefully it's going to work here. We're going to try that new setup one of these times here. Dan Carstens, everyone. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thank you. All right. Thank you.